Welcome to Retiring Today, the podcast that guides you to and through retirement. I'm Molly Nelson. I'm here with Rochelle Smith. She's the producer of this podcast. And with us is Lauren Merkel. He's a certified financial fiduciary, a certified financial planner, and a retirement income certified professional. Okay, Lauren, it's an unscientific survey. It's based on your 20 years of experience helping people retire. Couples, what percentage of the time do they retire together? Uh, That's a great question. Very unscientific, of course. I'd say uh, less than 20%. Okay, so that means about 80% of couples are not retiring at the same time. So that's what we want to talk about today because I think it's at least something as you head to and through retirement, you're going, when do we want to retire? Should we retire together? Should we stagger our retirement? What are the advantages of maybe staggering our retirement? So that's what we want to tackle today. But speaking of tackling things in marriage, Rochelle, how long have you been married? Uh, that's bad. Um, <laughs> nine years, nine years. Okay. Nine years. I'll be 15 years next month. And you just had kind of what I would consider my marriage, a milestone. You tackled a project together and there was no disagreement, no argument. And the project was successful. Uh, the project was very successful. Yes. We put shutters on the house and going into it, I said, do, if we get tense with each other, I am done. <laughs> and we didn't. And we made it through. I'm so proud of you guys. We even high-fived each other at the end. Like, that, look at this. That is good. That is good. So, um, we don't do projects together intentionally. No. Just, I remember one, oh, mirror cabinet-y type thing we tried one time very early on. Didn't work. We haven't really revisited since. Oh, no. So so retiring together, right? So you do, some couples do projects together, some don't. Some couples work together. That's a whole nother thing. Do you have a lot of families, Lauren? I'm just, we're just kind of getting into, get your mindset on, you know, how much time do you spend with your spouse? Because in retirement, if you retire together, you're going to spend a lot of time together. Not many couples work together really or spend, spend, you know, those working hours together. Very few of the families that we work with uh, work together. Uh, there, there is a lot of separation in their lives. And it's interesting because coming off the pandemic, people had a lot of time together that they've never had before, at least for a very long amount of time. And it has changed the way that some of our families uh, have approached their retirement because uh, they're, you know, they're both working from home or one of them was working from home before, but now they're, now the other one has joined them at home and they get a real good sense of what that feels like. And some of them really like it and it has accelerated their retirement path and some of them really didn't like it. And now they have to redivert what their retirement path really was. Yeah. And I think we all know the couples in our life that have different levels of togetherness and it doesn't mean they don't have bad marriages. It just means some couples can work together and have successful businesses and and thrive. And then other couples look at each other and go, I don't think we're probably fit to work together or spend that much time together, but just, I think you can still have a a good marriage that way. So today we want to tackle, should you retire together? Eight questions to sit down and talk with your spouse about. And Lauren, the first one is it seems sort of obvious, but I think it can be overlooked is, uh, when do you plan to retire? Just even starting the conversation as you're what, five or 10 years out, because I think people know it's coming, but if they really sat down and said, you know, when do we really plan to do this? Yeah. Part of the issue is it's such a, it's such a big thing. When, when are they going to actually retire? And there's so many different things that go into that. One of the things that could prevent that conversation from happening is just what you were talking about. 
okay, honey, so when do we want to retire? Are we going to retire together? Are we not going to retire together? What are we going to do when we retire? There's so many different things that go into it. It can cause a delay on broaching that conversation. Yeah, even after you've been married a really long time, you can still get surprised by your spouse, right? Like one spouse may be just assuming, well, duh, we're retiring together. Well, the other spouse was like, well, no, I thought you'd keep working or I thought I'd keep working. And so as with any... Um, relationship, probably communicating sooner rather than later can start getting you narrowed in on those retirement goals. Yeah. It's all about setting expectations. And, and Rochelle, that's probably why your project worked so well with Clarence is because you set the expectations going into it. Okay. This is, we're going to have some fun with this. There's not going to be any arguing. And that's exactly what happened. And it concluded with a high five. Oh yeah. Going into retirement, setting the expectations. This is how I feel. This is how you feel. We feel the same. We feel different. Let's work it out. And let's talk about what each of our expectations are. That can make for an easier process as you make this big transition from the working to retired. Okay, so question number one was when do you plan to retire? So it's a good idea to sit down and talk about your goals. Question two, similar, but now maybe you get even more specific. What is your lifestyle plan? So this is where you and your partner sit down and, and, and talk about how you might feel, fill your time, Lauren, when you retire. Yeah, this is where you're talking about what, what do you really want to do on a day-to-day -day basis? Uh, what, what are the hobbies that you didn't have time to pursue before, but you want to revisit? What are some of the new things that you're thinking about doing? And sometimes there's opportunities for conflict there because there's two different visions for what the lifestyle is going to look like, but that's better know that's better knowing about it going into it than it is finding out. Okay, we don't have to go to work Monday. I want to do this. You want to do this. It it doesn't jive. Um, and if if your plans do jive, then that's nice to know as well because it can increase your excitement level and get you to pull the trigger of retiring, which is really hard for some people to do as well. I mean, you work for forty years, and in a lot of ways, it, it became your identity, it became your real true purpose. Uh, but if you guys have a like vision and you have like excitement, it can help you move forward through that retirement transition, which can be really challenging for some people. Yeah, and I imagine if you have similar looking lifestyle plans, that may be a case for, yes, we should retire together. I mean, I'm surely not going to sit at home while Cole's traveling the world, right? Like right. he's, I've always wanted to go to Europe and backpack or whatnot. I'm not going to sit at home. I'm going to go ahead probably and retire too, if that's my vision as well. It's going to make it a lot easier. And it's not like you have to do everything together because that's not how most retirements work, but it's just being on the same page. This is what you want your lifestyle plan to look like. This is what I want my lifestyle plan to look like. This is what we want our lifestyle plan to look like. And and come to some kind of an agreement and just being on the same page from an expectation standpoint can make that transition a lot easier. And especially during the go-go years of retirement, the go-go years of retirement are brand new. I mean, you've never had this experience or opportunity for experience ever before. And so when you're doing something brand new, there's a lot of room for error. There's a lot of room for learning. I mean, that could be exciting as well. But the more you talk through it, the more planning you put into your lifestyle, individually and together, the easier that transition can be. And that lifestyle plan kind of can lead into a couple of the next things we're going to talk about with, which gets a little more technical, gets a little more on the income and the number side of things. So when to elect social security, are we going to do it together? We're we going to do it separately. That can drive the decision to retire at the same time. 
Social Security represents anywhere between 25 to 35 percent of most retirees' income. So it's a big piece of what where you could be delivering your month-to-month income in retirement and what kind of income you're going to need to produce the lifestyle that you want to have is going to be determined by all the resources that you have available to you. So whether that's Social Security, it's pension, it's the investable assets, and having an idea of where that income is going to come from, how much income you need is all going to help with that transition as well. One time I sat in on a meeting with one of the families that we work with here at Merkle Retirement Planning, and, and they were both starting to head towards retirement. And she had a real clear vision of what not only she would do with her time, her lifestyle plan, but she also knew exactly what her her retirement income would look like. She knew kind of where all of the assets that she had accumulated during the working years were and how they would work. And then the husband, I could tell, was just a lot less unsure. He just didn't know exactly what it would look like. I think he was thinking about retiring, but he just wasn't sure how it would work on income and a lifestyle plan. And so one of the neat things that having a retirement planner and your team can help you do is see what it looks like in numbers. So the plan with this couple, as I recall with Sean was let's look what, let's write up what it looks like, or let's show you what it looks like. If you guys both retire today, now let's show you what it looks like in three years. If, if, if just, if you keep working three more years, and then if you keep working five more years, here's what the income looks like. Here's what the, you know, medical costs look like. And so knowing what it would look like, I think can help you make that decision to retire together or separately. It's one thing for us or your retirement planner to say, this is going to work. It's another thing for you to see it. And there's so many different avenues that you can go down in life or in retirement, it's nice to be able to say, what if I retire at this point? What does my retirement look like short-term? What does it also look like long-term? Where would I deliver my income from social security or in the investments or the pension or a combination of if I work five more years and how is that going to influence the level of social security that I get as well? So it's really nice to be able to work this out on paper so you can see this is the this is the benefit of working longer. This is the repercussion of retiring sooner. And then it becomes these types of decisions then become very simple to make when you can actually see how this impacts you and your retirement short and long term. Yeah. And let's talk about working three to five more years, because if you like your job, which I recall this going back to this meeting, I recall that he liked his job. He was happy with it. If you work three to five more years, there's really kind of triple benefits. Social Security increases, retirement savings increase. And you don't have to maybe dip into the retirement savings as soon. And that's probably and that's probably why he wasn't thinking really about his lifestyle vision yet, because he still liked his job. And there was really no true intent for him to give that job up because he did like it. And as long as somebody likes their job because of the triple benefits that you just explained right there, but also from a from an activity standpoint, he likes it. He still uh, receives purpose from it and a benefit from it. So there's really no reason to leave that job if that is, is, uh, if that is still providing that kind of benefit for you. We're trying to tackle the question, should couples retire together? Eight things to talk about your spouse with. When we know that your situation is specific to you. So here's a great opportunity right now to get on the calendar of a retirement planner. You can have a 15-minute complimentary retirement checkup call. Right now, you can schedule that and you could talk about your situation uh, when you're thinking about retiring and how, what that would look like. So go to MerkleRetire.com. It's M-E-R-K-L-E Retire.com right now and schedule your 15-minute retirement checkup call today. So back to the questions you should be talking about. Question number five, the big one, Lauren, how will we pay for health care? 
It could cost $300,000 over the course of your retirement. Molly, every year we see a study, we talk about these studies, the cost of your health care or potential cost of your health care goes up every single year. So if you're looking at a $300,000 cost, where are you going to come up with that money? Part of it could be working three to five extra years, right? Increase your savings, increase your social security. You're not taking out of your investments three to five years earlier. Uh, but that needs to be baked into your plan. So how are you going to pay for healthcare? If you retire prior to 65, you're not going to have Medicare eligibility. So you're going to have to come up with the open market market insurance or use COBRA or, or maybe uh, get on the ACA plan. There's options that you have, but you need to decipher what the best options for you are prior to making that transition into retirement. If you're 65, now you're eligible for Medicare. And Social Security is really complex. Medicare could even be more complex than Social Security, especially with it changing every year. And once you obtain your Medicare coverage, each year you have the ability to make changes to the type of coverage you have. And the changes that you make are going to be based on a lot of factors. One is your health condition. Has your health changed since you originally elected Medicare? What does your lifestyle look like? Are you traveling a lot uh, domestically? Are you traveling a lot abroad? That's going to change the type of insurance you have as well. So there's all these factors that go into what type of coverage you're going to have and what type of coverage you're going to have is going to influence the total cost of your coverage as well. And all of that needs to be within the plan. And the sooner you determine how you're going to pay for this healthcare cost, the easier it can be for you to visualize what your budget, what your retirement budget really needs to be. And then how are you going to deliver that income for retirement as well? And you talked about Medicare. It is such an important decision and there's so much that goes into it that we have a director of Medicare here on the staff at Merkel Retirement Planning. And she's been featured on this podcast. Just scroll back a couple of podcasts and you're going to see where we broke down uh, the supplemental plans, Advantage plan and the Medigap plan, kind of the difference between the two. And we go in depth with Anne-Marie Morrow on Medicare. I didn't want to gloss over, Lauren, that $300,000 number because it's daunting, but also it's a study that Fidelity does every year. I believe it's Fidelity um, about what it's going to cost out of pocket. That $300,000, and that is, I think, in the lifetime of your retirement, if you're 65 or over now, that does not include long-term care. And you advise most of your clients to have some kind of plan for long-term care because about 70% of those 65 and over will need some form of long-term care in their lifetime. The vast majority of retirees will need some kind of long-term care, which is gonna cost some kind of, an, of, of expense in addition to the 300,000 in healthcare costs. So how are you gonna come up with that money? If we just, if we just take long-term care out of it and look at the 300,000, a lot of people retire without $300,000 in savings but let's say you're not like a lot of people. Let's say you have a million dollars. Well, that's still a third of your original retirement savings. So it seems like it's a massive, uh, a massive amount, which it is. And again, that doesn't even include long-term care. And this is where the plan, the retirement plan, bringing all of the resources together can really help you not only pay for it, but help you see how you're going to be able to pay for it. So let's just take Social Security as an example. If you add up the monthly payments over the course of your projected retirement, your, month, your total retirement 
income from Social Security could be in excess of a million dollars. So it could be a, a seven-figure portfolio number for you. And if you look at it like that, if you maximize your Social Security, if you maximize your pension, maximize your investable assets, and have a coherent income plan, then you can really start to see how you can digest these really big costs like healthcare and long-term care. So when it comes to long-term care, to help with that, you need to have a plan for how you're going to pay for long-term care if you need it. And there's multiple ways that you can pay for it. Many people choose to self-insure. And so if you choose to self-insure, it, it should still be a part of your overall plan. So you can see at 80 years old, if you need an extra $10,000 a month to help pay for long-term care, you know where that's going to come from. You know you can afford it or you can't afford it and then you can do something about it. And you know how it's going to impact your surviving spouse the rest of his or her retirement as well. So all that's information that's really handy for you to have, not only from if there's steps that you can take now to help improve that situation down the road, but also from a confidence standpoint of all of these decisions that you're making, you know the impact of these decisions and that they are the best decisions for you as you're making them. And that is question number six as you sit down and try to decide, should we retire together? Ask, what is our plan for long-term care? Now we go back to a little bit kind of where we started, the emotional part of all this. So question seven, what about the emotional part of retirement? And Lauren, one thing I read online as I was preparing for the podcast is that um, if people stagger retirement, the, the benefits. So one of the articles was the benefits of staggering retirement. And one was that one spouse can get into the new routine find the new identity, get involved in the hobbies and all the things while the other maybe keeps working. Because sometimes if you retire together, now you kind of both lose your identity at the same time. You might both be trying to navigate this new world together. And sometimes the frustrations with each other can increase. For couples who stagger their retirement, it's kind of a way to test drive retirement in a way where one of them is saying, okay, after 40 years of working, I'm going to step into this retirement thing, test drive it, uh, work out the kinks, see what's good, see what's not bad or what's not good. And uh, every, you, you're still going through that together, right? So the one who's retiring is going through it. The spouse who's still working is still going through that with the spouse who's retiring. But you can kind of test it out together so that from an emotional standpoint, that can be a benefit. Uh, because you have one who's really going through it, one who's kind of watching. It can help uh, from an emotional support standpoint. It can help financially, uh, which can also help emotionally as well. You still have one W-2 income coming in uh, while we're trying to figure out what the real lifestyle budget is going to be in retirement. So there's so many benefits to a staggered retirement. The one hurdle that many people have to get over is one is going to work and the other one is not <laughs> going to work. So that doesn't necessarily work for everybody. But going back to the meeting that you said it said in uh, Molly with the couple, the, the gentleman wasn't quite ready to give up the work. Right. So he wasn't really thinking about his lifestyle because he wasn't serious about working. He still loved his job and wanted to go to work. So that is an example of how a staggered retirement could be really beneficial. One's not quite ready. The other one's ready. So let's kind of tiptoe into it, test drive it. Uh, and it can help from a financial and definitely from an emotional standpoint as well. If I recall correctly with my in-laws, my mother-in-law retired first and my father-in-law was like, 
I like the way that looks. And he retired pretty quickly after that. I think he thought he was going to work a lot longer than he did. Yeah, and that can't happen. So she she test drove it. <laughs> she liked the car. She liked it. He wanted to get he in. He loved it. And it was time for them both to go. But uh, through that process, they both identified this is a really good thing for them both. And they had a lot more confidence in, in actually pulling that trigger of retirement for both of them. And obviously it worked well. <laughs> the last question to talk about as you decide, should we retire together, is your legacy plan. Because identifying your legacy plan, Lauren, may identify that you want to work a couple more years or one of you wants to work a couple more years in order to fulfill that legacy plan. And everybody's legacy plan is a little bit different. There's a growing desire in this country for people to live a, uh, to leave a living legacy, meaning that they're giving while they're living. So as you try to identify what it is that you want to do from a legacy standpoint, that, inc- that could influence what you're doing from a retirement standpoint, whether you use a staggered approach or you both go at the same time. Um, so determining and, and one of the things with the legacy is a lot of people choose to think about the legacy last as a part of their overall plan you know we talk about the Merkel retirement method which is the written retirement plan which has the five components the income piece the tax piece long-term care health care piece investment piece and then the legacy piece the legacy piece is less appealing to think about right up front because it's not delivering an income for you right when your w-2 wages go away it also involves you passing away many times and that's not fun to to talk about or think about but it is important to work into your overall plan which is why it is one of those components and we need to address it up front because it could influence so much of the other aspects of your retirement plan and once you have your legacy piece set and you have everything in place, you feel a lot better about that as well, which could help with all of the other aspects emotionally and financially of retiring as well. Yeah. And Lauren, as I look at the eight questions that we're talking about today that couples could talk about or should talk about before they decide to retire together, uh, it's not lost on me that these are also questions you can ask an individual who's getting ready to retire. Generally speaking, their legacy plan, their healthcare plan, their lifestyle plan, are they emotionally ready? These are similar conversations whether you're married or not. We did frame this from a, a married couple standpoint, but absolutely, if you're an individual going into retirement uh, unmarried, then all of these questions are questions that you need to address as well. You know, you're not asking somebody else, right? You're not devising a plan together with somebody else. Uh, so it could be easier for you, or maybe it could be tougher. I mean, it just depends on, on the circumstance, but it's all items that need to be addressed. So you have the most amount of confidence going into this next phase of your, of your life that is really an unknown phase. So the more you think about this, the more you put this on paper, the better off you're going to feel about it and probably the easier the transition is going to be for you. And the most important thing is communication, which if you've been married for a couple of years, you learn that along the way. But imagine being married 40 or 50 years, you still have to communicate. So Hopefully these questions will get you and your spouse thinking about retirement because it is an exciting time. You've worked hard for 30 or 40 years, and now you're thinking about heading into retirement. Communication is the key to making the decision together. Again, if you want to talk about your specific retirement situation, here's an opportunity. It's that 15-minute complimentary retirement checkup call. Go to MerkleRetire.com right now. That's M-E-R-K-L-E Retire.com, and you can schedule your call today. Continue listening to this podcast. It's retiring today. Thank you for listening. 
Merkle Retirement Planning is an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of investments and insurance products to custom suit their goals and objectives. Any information discussed in these shows is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. Investment advisory services are offered through Elite Retirement Planning, LLC. Insurance services are offered through MRP Insurance, LLC.